I think there should be a game show where if I guess if you've got tattoos based on a very limited bit of your face that I can see. <laughs> like, just your attitude, like how you carry yourself. Oh my god. And welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And that opinion belongs to me, Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week, as ever, by Vidbud Matthew Castle. Hello. Hello. And uh, by uh, our editor, section editor, Nate Crowley. How are Did you? Did you hesitate because I've entered the call as Hector of Troy? Yeah, Nate started doing this thing where he gives himself a different name when he enters this recording. So last week he was, uh, weren't you Gerald of Rivia last week? I was, yes. I was the Witcher. And this week you are Hector of Troy. Yes. And, uh, mm. Yeah, they're good, those Bronze Age lads. Just a good bunch of lads. <laughs> Just straightforward priorities, no mucking around. Yeah. Did like going on about shields. Oh, they did. I had to do, I went to uh, a school so middle class that I did Latin and our exam involved memorizing huge like chapters of the Iliad so we could then write essays about it. Um, And you basically do lit crit, but of the Latin. Well, you've earned Ghostess's respect. I can tell you that much. Don't thank me, thank Ghostus. He got unpacked uh, the other day, actually, because uh, we moved house uh, the day lockdown started, and uh, my wife was unpacking boxes. I said, oh, I found Ghostus. So uh, for those of you not in the know, um, Ghostus is a Roman ghost who uh, sometimes reviews Roman games or talks about Roman stuff for RPS. Uh, and he I, he works for me. He's definitely not a white sheet and a centurion helmet that I sometimes put on. We had uh, there was a period when I was working on games magazines back on End Gamer where we started having ghosts of various people pop up in the mag. Uh, we said the ghost of Charlton Heston would review um, like uh, light gun peripherals, things like that, and it would just it would always be endless jokes about not being able to tear them from his cold dead hands or whatever the point <laughs> was. But then the problem was like we kept doing them, and then freelancers started putting like ghost references, and it just ended up that the magazine just felt completely haunted. <laughs> like there were so many random ghosts, celebrity ghosts. You were like, uh, we better put it in the style guide that you're not allowed to pretend to be ghosts anymore because it's weird. <laughs> Such a thing no, as too no many ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. We've only got one ghost, fortunately, yeah. Although when you said Ghostus got unpacked the other day, I imagined that you'd given Ghostus his own small suitcase with, you know, oh. I don't know. Copy what would of... his possessions be? Well, he's got the yeah, helmet. Yeah, I was thinking like he's got the helmet. I don't know. 
a copy of like Ovid's Metamorphoses or some of Catullus's. Oh yeah, no, the like collected Cicero. That he's a big orator. He, yeah, he's, he's, that. he's probably got some bits of papyrus. You know, like how you always have a drawer of just like receipts. It's a bit like that. <laughs> like whatever the old, old, olden times version of that is. Just IOUs <laughs> from dead Gauls. <laughs> Uh, did you have a nice uh, bank holiday weekend, lads? Yeah, it was, nice. Went to a went to a castle in Durham. A bit of topical humour for you there. We said uh, before you started, we were like, one of us is going to make a topical Durham joke. Oh well, I've 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 got that cat turd out of the way. <laughs> did you know though that genuinely? Uh, Barnard Castle or Barney Castle uh, was local slang around the area for a very poor excuse. <laughs> really? Is it, and is it is a poor excuse for a castle? Possibly. No, it's to do with when there was, uh, it was from hundreds of years ago, there was a rebellion of some species in the north, I think possibly to do with Irish people as well. I can't remember exactly. But the guy who... Uh, was the lord of Barnard Castle at the time, refused to come out and fight and leave his uh, fortified position in the castle. So now if you give a poor excuse for doing something in that area, they used to call it a Barney Castle. That's amazing. When you said a rebellion of some species, I didn't think, I didn't realise you meant a species of rebellion. I thought, what, are there like orcs and lizardmen? Do you think it was squirrels like Redwall? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> A few well good back in fantasy times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was a, a wonderful coinky dink. Uh, but now we should move on to talk about games, probably. Uh, I guess. Ugh. So this week we are poised on the brink of a couple of months of a, a slew of sort of digi games events, digital replacements for things like E3. Uh, EA are doing their EA Play digitally. Uh, in July, Ubisoft are doing Ubisoft Next. Um, uh, we've got the PC gaming show coming up, Jeff Keighley's interminable summer of gaming, which has no <laughs> beginning nor end. Uh, <laughs> We were born He's in the summer sort of, implying... of gaming and we will die in the summer of gaming. It's just sort of implying that all of it is because of him, isn't it? It's just sort of... It's a very it's bold break. Mm. <laughs> Good old Jeff. Um, so I thought this week it would be nice if we talked about, first of all, I want to talk about what our most anticipated release of 2020 is going to be. And then it, talk it's about me from my own house. What are you like? What are you? Sorry, you're mental. You. I know. Um, <laughs> I've been workshopping that all afternoon. <laughs> uh, and then, secondly, I'd like to talk about what our most anticipated reveals are going to be this summer of gaming. So, whether that's a new game reveal or trailer. Uh, that we think that there are rumours are going to be coming up, or yeah. if there's you will know, we'll see gameplay or something. Um, 
I think that'd be a, a nice little discussion to have. So, uh, Matthew, do you want to kick off and tell us what your most or one of your most anticipated One of my most anticip- anticipated releases, uh, outside of myself, of course, is, is Desperados 3, which is Ooh. very... It's, um, it's actually on June the 16th, um, which I fear means everyone will be busy looking at the summer of games to play one of the games of summer, um, mm. which is the, uh, I say long awaited. I've been, I've been awaiting it since they showed me it about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, sort of follow up to Desperados, the real time tactics, stealth games, um, uh, of the early noughties. Uh, in the vein of well, Desperados, Commandos are probably the two that people know the best. Little isometric stealth games where people yeah. have great big green view cones and you use a little squad of cowboys to do stealth business, which cowboys aren't uh, renowned for. They're not they're known not... for stealth. I mean, Nate, no, you're the cowboy. They all they're defined, in fact, by having one of the loudest things in existence on their waist. Um, what a horse! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sticking a gun, but a very loud horse. Or, Imagine um, a cowboy so vast he can just carry his horses in holsters. Or a horse, a horse so tiny. That sounds like a Red Dead Redemption Two mod waiting to happen. Sure is. John Marston horse belt um, <laughs> or whatever his name is. I can't remember. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, like I'm, a, really looking forward to, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I think it, it's from me, 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 who are the studio who made uh, shadow tactics, which was a kind of a game of this ilk about ninjas about four or five years ago. Uh, which was really, really good and kind of sort of dragged the whole sort of genre into the, the kind of modern age. Um, and this is them doing cowboys. And I love cowboys. It's just, I love cowboy wild west worlds. It's like little model west world that you're looking down and you can spin it all around. And I just like drinking it all in. I think it's really cool. Did you I like- drink it up. Sorry, I just <laughs> thought I'd do a bit of there. Yeah. Be blood there. You probably will kill an evil oil man at some point in the in the game. Um, I'll be disappointed if you don't. Is it is it the kind of setting more than the game genre? No, I, I, do genre, like, I do. It's not really for me. I have to say. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one because like I remember playing these games twenty years ago and I was terrible at them and I found them very frustrating because you had to have incredible patience. Uh, what I really like about uh, Shadow Tactics and this is just that they, I think they have made it a lot more accessible. They haven't kind of sacrificed the kind of difficulty of them, but like the rules are really clear. I mean, it's it's not very sexy, but it is like a masterclass in interface in terms of how. Oh, Ooh, oh I, yeah, study on Yeah, me. I know, but that's the thing. But but it's very rare that that you're playing a game and you're like, oh yeah, this this UI really sings. Um, but it's it like, does. Um, it's like an observation, uh, which is a completely different kind of game in every respect. But um, uh, it's that one where you are an AI on a spaceship and uh, I think they said that they, they in some ways it is sort of a love letter to UIs and to, yeah. to that kind of thing. 
Yeah, very, very much so. This is, uh, yeah, very different, but a similar, a similar, a similar love letter to it. Um, but yeah, I do love the world, but it's, it's, it's a very particular kind of Western. I, I made a little video about it where I banged on about this, and I think bored everyone because they all stopped watching when I was where? talking about it. Um, <laughs> so where, where is it, it on the on the scale of Westerns from? It's, like, so it's, it's actually. It's the westerns that sort of exist in your head, but don't really exist on film. It's it's the kind of it's everything you'd parody in a western. So actually, there are, I'd say the only westerns that really do it are the Quick and the Dead, Sam Raimi's awesome uh, quick shootout con- uh, contest film, and like Back to the Future Three, which are kind of like responses to the western. You know, and well, that's the thing. At this point, there seems to be more responses to westerns and deconstructions of westerns than westerns and if i think about you know some of my favorite westerns like you know true grit uh the recent one and deadwood and yeah tombstone and stuff they're all to one extent or another as you say like responses to rather than the actual thing yeah so it's hard to sort of say what because the actual what you know that this particular era of this sort of pristine or like the west the whole westworld fantasy it's just really cool saloons and big dusty towns it's not the kind of romanticized john wayne thing necessarily and it's definitely not the spaghetti western and it's definitely Mm. not like the modern unforgiven it's something else that that i haven't actually seen in many films but feels like the definitive western um as you can understand this is why everyone stopped watching my video because i was trying to explain (laughs) this and i I think i uh yeah i got confused by it uh but yeah i just i don't know it just the music it's got that kind of you know morricone aping thing uh it's got big colorado kind of forests you know great long train robberies it's just it it really ticks my boxes i i love i love all that stuff uh big colorado energy Oh, big Colorado energy. Um, that's just great. Yeah, it's, just, it's a, really, a really cool little thing. Um, and, t- t- well, I say today, when we're recording this, they've just put a demo of it on on good old games. Yes. So you can play the first couple of levels, which has the train robbery in it, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's great. But I'm looking forward to uh, a go on that. I'm going to tell you, my daughter really likes the mobile advert. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she what? got in chat. I was watching, I like to watch some uh, competitive Age of Empires 2 matches on my phone. Uh, and I was hanging out with her and it paused for a little Desperado's advert. And she was just enchanted, like she'd just seen like an angel on the screen. So there you go. <laughs> She's looking there forward to it. I am too, to be honest. A child of exceptional taste toddler approved would you say she's she's a toddler now isn't she yeah she's not even two but like her range of functionality is is incredible it sounds like i'm like the director of some sort of clone army there (laughs) Um, it's like one of Catherine's hardware reviews (laughs) she's got a superb range of features um and i'm really looking forward to the 2.0 update yeah Uh, well, let's, Nate, with that, what are you looking forward to this year? Uh, Actually, it's something I had forgotten was coming out until I was thinking about upcoming games today, and it's Iron Harvest. Is is that familiar with you? 
Which was that one? So this is, um, it's kind of gone under the radar, but it looks great. Uh, it is an RTS. It's coming out on September the 1st. And apart from anything else, a new RTS that isn't a remake of an old RTS is a, is a real treat in this day and age. Um, and I, if I'm being honest, what's really grabbed me about it is the art style. Um, you might have heard of a board game called Scythe, uh, which was uh, spun out from a load of really cool concept art by a fellow called Jacob Brzezowski, uh who uh, does all this incredible cool art of like 19, sort of 1910s, 1920s scenes of sort of Eastern European farm workers and things with enormous diesel-powered mechs just walking around in the background. And the game is like an alternate history 1920s thing uh, with just these massive, horrible, clanking machines. And the design on them is is just spectacular. It's sort of Pacific Rim uh, by way of World War I. Uh, I, it really has got a unique aesthetic. Have you heard of um, the, the term diesel punk? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, there are a lot of different kinds of punk. Yeah, I hate the whole like terminology, to be honest. Um, but it's, uh, it's a convenient set of, of coat hooks to hang aesthetics on, I suppose. And this is, yeah, this is mm. diesel punk. Um, and it looks to be quite a tidy RTS as well. I've seen a couple of short gameplay videos um i guess it reminds me more than anything else of total annihilation which is a classic so this is probably not the (laughs) it's probably not the time but um i find rts quite hard to get into I don't know. I don't know about you, Matthew. Are you an RTS? I, I, I am. I am very, very bad at real-time strategy games. I ever since because I remember when when I was young, like you know, when I was in school, uh, all my mates were like big into Command and Conquer, Red Alert, and I was kind of into the same things my mates were into. And I, you know, I, I remember getting Red Alert for like birthday or Christmas, and yeah. just instantly knowing I am terrible at this and will forevermore be terrible at this like my my and that's like the simplest version of that thing um i just can't my brain can't i can't multitask in in any way shape or form you know i can just about keep one thing alive in a game you know i can keep one mario alive i cannot keep an army of marios alive Mari-i. Mar- i cannot keep the marioi and the Luigi I alive, but it's, it's yeah. not about keeping them alive, Matthew. It's 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 about utilizing them. If that means the Mario's need to die, and but that's the thing. That's I get so, so set. Grim. I get so set on something. So I'd be like, oh, I like the sound of that, and I did. I'd put so much effort and time into making sure that that one thing happened that I'd lose. So I'd be like, oh, I just want one of those Tesla coils in City in Red Alert. And then I'd build it and the rest of my world would be burning. But I'd, God damn it, I'd have that Tesla coil. Um, you know, and I've never got over that. <laughs> mm. So what, T, 
to you, Nate, is the appeal of the RTS, if I can take us down this tangent, because I've always sort of wanted to ask. Yeah, I, I suppose there's two there's two elements of RTS DNA, if you like, that really appeal to me. Um, and there are many different kinds of RTS which have these in differing extents. One of them is... Uh, something I've written about quite a lot before, and which is why I like strategy and management games in general, because uh, I really enjoy creating big, complex things uh, from a standing start. Uh, so in games where there's quite in-depth resource systems and and things like that, and base building, I really enjoy that, yeah, mm. that, that procedure of sort of starting off with like one... I don't know, caravan or whatever, and, and building up from there. But that is more of a a, a, a sort of a, a general strategy game thing. I think RTS is specifically the second thing I really like is having lots of different units, all of whom have different jobs and strengths and weaknesses and finding ways to use them all together to achieve your objective. There's something really satisfying yeah. about having your artillery there and then moving your your, your big armoured things there and then having your squishy things just behind them ready to run out and have a bit of a stab uh, if they get the chance. <laughs> and it's yeah. lovely when it all comes together. See, I it's not like I've not played, like because my big brother had a lot of RTS, he had like Commander Conquer and... Um, Warcraft 3, which is obviously like the classic and modding on Warcraft 3 created whole other genres and stuff. Um, I And that some of those games do have a, a place in my heart because of nostalgia. I, You know, when I was a kid, I played the games my brother had, um, sort of like hand-me-downs, but digi hand-me-downs. But I think it's the, the conflict... In them, I like building chains of things and production chains and things, but then I don't like smashing them against someone else's production chains. I suppose. Uh, well, but, I almost know. universally despise playing against human beings. The, in fact, the only game I've made an exception for, of course, as I've I've written and talked about a lot, is Age of Empires Two, uh, because it's the first RTS where I felt I've been e- even able to grasp. Uh, what competitive play looks like. Uh, I'm still like, you know, a dog attempting to use a phone in terms of my skill. <laughs> but at least I'm a dog who understands what a phone is. Yeah. Usually I just like to play against the computer because I'm not that great. And yeah, there's not that sort of anxious, um, hurried feeling that there is someone out there who's just desperate to murder you. It's just... Yeah. yeah, a PC just doing its thing. Yeah, I do. Like, it's why I prefer games like Stardew Valley. Which, oh, did you? I, I guess you didn't see, but I posted something today about how I've decided I'm going to pivot my entire Stardew Valley farm into being a battery hen operation. All right, Bernard Matthews, what what gives? <laughs> well, because I don't. I'm quite lazy. Like I'm not very good at playing Stardew Valley. Basically, other people really optimize their growing and they they just they go all in on one crop so they make huge sums of money and then plow it back into like buying more crop so they'll turn their whole farm into a a pumpkin farm and then they'll know the best way to place all their sprinklers for 
to reduce watering time and all this kind of stuff. But I just can't be asked planting things and harvesting them and all that. Whereas I like my hen coop because I don't really have to do much. You have to say hello to them so they're in a good mood and you have to make sure they have hay. But as long as you do that, they'll lay an egg and then I you can turn the egg into mayonnaise. Huh? I used to really enjoy hens in that, actually. I named them after the conference production team at a former workplace. <laughs> Years after I stopped working there, I just thought it would be good names for hens. Mine are called uh, Mark, Jeremy, Superhands and Johnson. Uh, but I've decided that because keeping hens is comparatively low effort, I'm going to cram as many coops into my farm as possible. Give each of the coops like access to one square of outdoors, and then technically they're free range. <laughs> so, and that, is that how the game counts it, or is this just like your own like morality? That's how the real world counts it. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have like battery farmed, technically free range hens, uh, and then just make loads and loads of mayonnaise and have like a mayonnaise production shed. Uh, but but anyway the the cholesterol levels in your town are going to go way way up Mm. did bernard matthews perish i don't know actually that's a good question i think i used to go and see plat giant dinosaurs in his garden but i can't be sure if that That place in norfolk yeah (laughs) was that his garden i think that was his garden (laughs) i think I'm not certain about that, Matthew. I've been to the place you mean with like the really sort of like <laughs> oh, <laughs> horrific concrete T-Rex with a neck fatter than its waist. I, I swear, oh, annoyingly, I've been trying to Google Bernard Matthews dinosaur garden and I'm just getting Bernard Matthews turkey dinosaurs. <laughs> Maybe he made them as like a smoke screen to obfuscate his appalling dinosaur. Have I, have I got cross wires there? Maybe I have. I think you're just taking sort of two underwhelming things from Norfolk and conflating them. <laughs> um, now, Bernard Matthews is still trading and they still specialise in Turkey. I don't know what... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah, used to enjoy good. their golden drummers. Yeah, for if Americans for don't know. to Hellboy, but... The uh, uh, Bird and Matthews used to supply many schools with processed turkey twizzlers, which were unholy, sort of curly fry shaped meat sticks covered in breadcrumbs until Jamie Oliver got them banned with his healthy kids' meals. I'm saying that in a disdainful way as if it's a bad thing that children eat healthy. <laughs> but. That was God. That was years ago. Anyway, we were talking about games that we we're anticipating this year. <laughs> yes. I'm, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Bernard Matthews uh, 2077 game. Well, I mean, it, we should probably say Cyberpunk at some point, but I did. I wanted to throw in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was announced scant weeks ago, mm. and is apparently coming out holiday 2020. Um, now, I think Ubisoft did intimate on an earnings call i'm not sure that um one of their games is going to be released this year 
would be delayed, but it would seem a bit churlish if they announced something and then said it was going to be delayed. So, well, hoping... they got coming out. Watchdogs. It's probably Watchdogs, isn't it? Probably Legion. Yeah, that's, that's already been I delayed thought. once, though, hasn't it? They've got Things that one. Get got delayed. That... They've got that one that looks a bit like Zelda: Breath of the Wild, but it's about Greek myths. Oh yeah, they've gone quiet about that one. I forgot about that. It doesn't um, really that gods exist. And, gods and lads, or yeah, gods and lads. Yeah, gods and lads. Doesn't really exist outside of a a. Tra- I think they've shown off like a trailer for it. Yeah. Um, but apparently that was meant to be this year. I think. Yeah, but I did. I did want to mention Valhalla because I am obviously breathlessly excited because I love Assassin's Creed games even more so since Odyssey. Um, I wanted, to, and so that's an easy. I'll just, yeah, I just like Assassin's Creed. That's it, and the story. Uh, Do you think it's played out by now? No, nah, I I think people like that because there's that TV show and everyone liked God that of TV War. show made me like like properly annoyed with Vikings permanently. <laughs> this is a load of people smirking and banging. That's it. <laughs> there's a guy there was the, so one of the lads from vikings who is an american and has perfected some kind of weird proto nordic accent for his role was in the warcraft film and instead of doing either his natural accent or trying to do an english accent he just did his vikings voice <laughs> oh that was so weird i did like the warcraft that was really film weird. a lot though unironically yeah, me too. Not for him, though. Not for him. <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, but, yeah, Matthew, I wanted to ask if you're excited for Valhalla because I know you've been playing Odyssey. Yes, I am. I really hope that... I, well, I was going to say I hope that it's smaller, but it's not because it's... Devin, they just announced that it's even bigger than Odyssey because it's the whole of... It's the whole of England. Um, I... I'm 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 really interested I'm really into the setting. Um my I grew up outside Winchester, so there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh sort of Saxon stuff around there. Uh, yeah. that you, we had to do in like primary school. I think it's absolutely mad that one of the main centres uh that one of the main towns or cities you'll be going to in the game is Winchester. Um which I'm kind of, you know, in- interested to see. Um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm up for it. I, I wish that it was. Uh, I never really got into the the kind of RPG sort of ness of mm. uh, of of Origins and Odyssey. Like I didn't I didn't think they what they added, which was basically quite sloppy, boring combat. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't very interested in. Like I, they'll okay. really have to. I think they'll really have had to have reworked the combat for this to work because in my head viking combat is like meeting in patfall i don't want to be hitting a common guy with an axe 10 times to get his health bar down like that will that will suck yeah um, i think if they, they make it a bit more like that as well then there'll be more drama to you getting hit as well yeah so maybe it just, gonna... like i don't know like she just the uh cassandra in odyssey to me just feels like a bag of stats you know she just stuff happens to her and she deals out i don't, I don't, I don't a really bag of muscle she's brilliant i don't really i don't really connect with her in any, in any way and it, and it's completely lost its assassinsness if it can find a bit of that and you know i saw yeah. them talking about like viking raids you know big groups like almost like group stealth kind of like raiding villages yeah, that, at that, night um, and stuff 
I'm up for cool. that. And yeah. yeah, and the set the setting I'm down for. I, I'm not against the Ubisoft sort of you know map ticking thing. That's fine. I can deal with I'm that. Not but at I, all either. I, did, I never like Zelda had towers. Everyone loved that. Yeah. towers are fine. Better towers, but um, it's uh, yeah. If 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 they if they've got some like whomping Viking axe combat, that could be really good. Um, I, I keep being this close to playing an Assassin's Creed game, and then I remember they've got that ridiculous meta plot about yeah. Like, yeah, VR but... and aliens or whatever, and I'd just or rather eat my own hands than that. I just the thing wish is, though, just... you don't really have to pay attention to the meta plot anymore. I don't know what's going on. Outside of being a big chunky Greek lady, do you know? Like, I know there's yeah. something to do with like you do. You kind of every once in a while you'll climb out of your virtual pod, which used to be like a big industrial affair, and now it seems to be like they can pack it into a suitcase. It's ridiculous the yeah. the kind of scale of it. And you get out, and they, it basically says like you can you can get back in that and just carry on playing. Or here's just a load of law if you want to read that, so you can just dump yeah. that off. Like, if you want to sit at a virtual laptop and read a virtual laptop's worth of Assassin's Creed backstory, like, be my guest. But I like that it doesn't force you to. I I think you'd really like it, Nate. The ancient Greek one's well good. They've, they've, because they've sort of remade ancient Greek stuff that doesn't exist anymore in a really, really good way. Like, you can go to Olympus and see the Chris Elephant in Zeus. And like the you can when you go to Athens and you see the giant Athena and stuff, it's really good. My mate let me have a go for a little bit, um, and I had a boat and some some shouting men, and I just like grunched into boat after boat while making yeah. all the men roar, <laughs> and it was that was good for about two hours actually. I was thoroughly into that. There you I go. Had a swim. The sea was good. Homeric colours. Yeah. Hector of bet, Troy proves. I, I bet in Valhalla you can do loads of boat grunching and roaring. Oh, that's there'll probably be some good beast wars as well, actually. Yeah. And and you can have tattoos, despite the fact there's only one historical source that says Vikings had tattoos. Is that true? Yeah. That's really interesting. They it's seem good, the kind it? of sort to have them though. They but- seem the sort <laughs> The sort. You know what I mean. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> rough, like if rough, you look at me, time. you're like not the tattoo sort. But you know, other people, you're like uh, the tattoo sort. Am I the tattoo sort, or do I have tattoos without being the tattoo sort? Yeah, it's kind of like a. I don't know. It's like a. It's something in the eyes. I think, isn't it? That kind of gives them a break. <laughs> I thought. I thought it was more the skin. Well, that's that. I'm not, if I can literally see a tattoo, I'll be like, oh, you're the tattoo sort. But if if you can't see any, I could probably make a get. I think there should be a game show where if I guess if you've got tattoos based on a very limited bit of your face that I can see. <laughs> like, just your attitude. Like, how you carry yourself. Oh, my God. Matthew versus tattoos, round two. Yeah. Uh, that was such a powerful doubling down. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 no, I, I think there's something to it. Well, oh, I do you remember in Gangs of New York where he had an American eagle tattooed on his eyeball? Oh, no, wait, it was a glass eye. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, because I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, he's hard. He's so hard. He got his eye tattooed. But yeah, actually, it's totally a glass eye, wasn't it? <laughs> you can't get your eyes tattooed. Oh, I wouldn't. It's, Don't, it's I, not no, hang on. Let's not think about it. Um, oh. No, I'll tell you someone who, who is the tattoo sort, and that is V from Cyberpunk, because I think we should mention Cyberpunk. What a segue. Thanks. Good. I've got to do at least one good one per episode. Uh, So, I mean, I keep forgetting that it's out quite soon because, you know, it's sort of been like anticipation forever. And so it doesn't seem like it will ever come out. And yet Cyberpoint 2077 is coming out this year. Yeah. In a few months. Yeah quite excited by that i started playing the witcher 3 again this weekend something i did um and we obviously talked a lot about the witcher 3 last weekend last week so i won't i won't go over that but i did think oh i'd love to i'd love to see you know all all the uh the little future citizens doing all their little npc npc things like i'm looking forward to the future npc dialogue i'm looking forward to nate doing an npc quiz for the future um Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. I'm looking forward. I really want as well. I was watching that uh, clip of um, in the Blade Runner game on PC. You have the yeah. balcony. You can go out and stand on your balcony and just like drink in the city. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm up for that. Like, uh, I'm up for moments of calm in the dystopian future. Uh, if it could deliver that, that would be great. Uh, uh, how do you feel about the cyberpunks, Nate? Are you? Um, I mean. The thing is, I don't like cyberpunk much. I mean, it's just not like I loathe it or anything, but like, ironically, considering I write about computer games for a living, I'm not really interested in computers. They're a means to an end to me. And, (laughs) you know, it's sort of, you know, where everything hinges on like hacking and, you know interfaces and stuff it sends me to sleep that's true actually it did take ages to 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 teach you the invoicing system and how to do your expenses have you done your expenses yet no the the, the big problem i the big problem i have with cyberpunk is that when they define it and they talk about what it is as like a you know an attitude as a way of life it's everything i'm not like i am an uber square (laughs) like the problem is when i look at the world of cyberpunk i would want to be a corporate person in that world i would want to live (laughs) i would want to live in a really nice apartment i'd want to have a job in a massive skyscraper i don't want to be going down into the markets where there are like chickens with wires coming out of them i don't want that like (laughs) that is that is not something i'm interested in seeing i don't want like people shouting at me i don't want it to be hectic i don't want there to be steam in my face like i don't want any <laughs> steam and no, that steam. is what you get in the cyber market uh, uh but that's the thing that, then... like, i am the baddie in that game that's the it, it, i cannot see a version of cyberpunk where that kind of attitude is going to be celebrated but then that's good isn't it because cyberpunk 2077 will for you be pure escapism but I don't want to escape to it. I want to reinforce what I already know about myself. <laughs> <laughs> like that I love power and authority. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, 
I saw I saw a TV show. I can't remember what it was, but it Ramesh Ranganathan said, you know, I thought you like things. You figure out what you like. You like them, and then you wait to die. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I know that you can role play as a corporate person in the game. I just don't. You know, they haven't really spoken about yeah. where where you fit into the world. But like, I I'm quite interested in playing for once what feels like will be the renegade path, as in working with the man to stop all the interesting people. Uh, <laughs> I I am looking forward to it because I think it will be cool. I think it will be a good video game, you know. But uh, I think my main concern is, like, the coolest thing I think about Cyberpunk is that, you know, this idea of, like, replacing your body and augmenting yourself. and Because like, I would, if someone was like, Alice, we can put your brain into a, a, a weird cybernetic body i'd be like yes my body is rubbish and broken i'd you know i would go ahead put me in a computer but like that also there's this interesting discussion of like what that means for humanity and stuff which is very cool and i think that the game will probably not really go into that very much I don't know. I I just think it'll be like, yeah, I think it'll be like, pew, heckin' cool, which is also fine, but like, you know. But I think it may be that, but I think it's going to be like the best version of that. I think it's... Yeah, exactly. Like, but I just, you know, cyberpunk is more than just a look, isn't it? Or is it? I don't know. I don't, but they they talk so much about like this attitude, this way of life, that it's a style thing more than a, you know moral quandary oh, that's how it appears to me in interviews anyway still uh, a bit elon musk isn't it and if you exactly but, but yeah i think if you double down on that in a really big obnoxious way i think that could be really fun uh and, and, and i just think well, we've like, seen so little of it like cd project red are actually they're very I, I don't know if they're very good at this or very bad at this but they don't show you much you know you don't you didn't get to see much of the witcher 3 before you're playing it and that was part of the fun really was just going oh this is what it is and i I wonder if they'll do the same with this you know like they're showing off missions here and there and then they just want you to step into it and go oh i get it you know but i'll tell you what i'd like to role play in cyberpunk right (laughs) because we took we actually mentioned this earlier like the use of technology punk as a as an adjective like originally had quite a specific intended use that I think we've moved way beyond. And actually it's quite ironically like in a cyberpunk setting, being cyber is the norm. It's not very punk at all. So to be, to adopt a punk aesthetic in that setting, I would like to role play as someone who deliberately has really guff cyborg parts. So I'd have like an egg whisk hand and like a washing machine for a chest <laughs> with just like my heart inside like an old sock. <laughs> just like yeah, see, rubbish good. bits of kitchen equipment. Or like microwave for a head. You can only turn it on once. It just catch <laughs> your mind. <laughs> Yeah, see, that that would be good. But I think what you're saying, Matthew, is that essentially it's going to be like the Baz Luhrmann film, but video game. Which, what game should be Baz Luhrmann films? That's a, that's a separate podcast, but that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> correct. Fair play. Um, we should probably 
Unless, is there anything else that you want to quickly shout out as an anti? Yeah, Horizon game? Zero Dawn. Oh yeah. Sorry, I did literally shout it. My excitement got the better of me. That's coming to PC. Matt, Matthew, have you got one that you want to shout? Is this something that we know about or something we want to happen? Something that we that we know is coming out. Uh Blush out. Nah. <laughs> I nah. don't shout for anyone. Oh, Empire of Sin. I'm quite looking forward to that. That'll be good. Oh yeah. Same. That is Gangster good. XCOM. Oh, Romero wow, Games. Sort of. uh, yeah. yeah, Romero Games Gangster XCOM. I played it. It was good. Enjoyed that it a lot. Great. Yeah. Um I am gonna say Spirit Fairer, which is the opposite end of the spectrum probably to Val Valhalla, but it's a um uh nice indie game about death. But like in a nice way. Isn't that you every know? indie game? Yeah, true. No, some of them are about depression. <laughs> oh yes, my bad. <laughs> uh let's move on to talk about the uh our most anticipated reveals that we think might come up. So like any if you're looking forward to seeing more gameplay uh-huh. or uh, a trailer or just some something that you think that we, we think is gonna be announced this year. I I've been saying I think for the last four years, five years of doing this job, every three, the only thing I want is for Microsoft to announce Fable Four which they are definitely, definitely working on. It's like the worst-kept secret in gaming that they're doing a Fable game. It's just accepted that they're doing it at this point, uh, and everyone thinks it's at Playground Games, because basically Playground mm-hmm. and make Forza Horizon set up a second studio and then only hired people with like RPG, open-world adventure experience. Um, so I'll be really disappointed if it's not Fable, uh, because I love that, I love that world, I love that series. Um, I think it's a real shame that Xbox kind of did whatever they did with it, that they, they had to kill Lionhead off they, before they, they got to sunsetted. Do one. Sunsetted was the term. Yeah, I think it's mad that you do that, and then you're like, oh, we do want to do it after all. If they are, we don't know. I've, I've like, no one has ever confirmed it either way. But it, it's just like it's one of those things that everyone just accepts is happening at this point, um, and. Uh, yeah, so I really hope uh, if if they are making it, I imagine it's something we're not going to see for a long time. But I'd like just a trailer or something just to go here. It is. Have a you know a little bird poop in someone's eye again. Set some comedy popping music. The whole sort of, <laughs> that's basically Fable's entire deal. Um, but I want more Fable. That's my like. Yeah, yeah, I love that series. I'd I'd back that. I think that would be lovely to see. Yeah, it was good. Did, did you ever play that weird one they did that was on rails? Oh, where the you had a journey cart. where you had to keep yeah. touching the horse. Uh, yeah. I played a little bit of it, but I, I didn't really get on very well with Connect. So, no. um, oh god, do you remember Connect? Yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? I mean, it's not PC I, related, I but blimey, yeah. did you? Yeah, I had one go. Yeah, do you know Connect got bought by Apple, and that's the camera that recognizes your face when to open your iPhone. No way, that's it. Huh. Yeah. I, I think, anyway, I could be talking bollocks. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened to it. Um, so, Nate. Age of, Age of Empires 4. Age of, Age of Empires 4. You can build some spearmen and maybe some more. Uh, yeah, Age of Empires 4. Oh, that's, I don't know. 
that's yeah. the theme tune to it too. Yeah, they've oh, got in a bold be. direction, making it. Uh, it's like the the first game tackled the ancient era, the second one the medieval era, the third one the colonial era, and the fourth one is going to be Cockney pubs, <laughs> football <laughs> firms. Yeah. Oh, oh God! Can you imagine? Oh, um, mate! Get Danny Dyer to be the tutorial voice. Oh, what I wouldn't give for that. Uh, what do we know about Age of Empires 4 so far? It does seem from... I don't think we've actually had a proper trailer yet. No, it's like a... Um, it was just a sort of a, an animatic. Is an animatic a thing, or did I just make that up? Anyway, the the uh, the implication is it's going to cover... It, it's going to cover all eras somehow. Um I don't know. I've, yeah. I've been doing a lot of thinking about why Age of Empires 3 wasn't actually an improvement in any way in Age of Empires 2. Well, that was all right in itself. Um, I think it's because it had too broad a scope. So I'll be interested to see how they avoid that while broadening the scope. Mm. Are you interested to see more of humankind, which is sort of the Civ-like? Well, yeah. no, it's like... It's it's a it's a a new series where you oh, it's sort an ex- of it, it's an exciting time for the historical four X game. I mean, we just had Old World out um, from uh, Mohawk, uh, Soren Johnson, um, who was the 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 main guy on Civ Four. Um, he's been working on Old World for years. It used to be called Ten Crowns. Uh, early in its development, so you might have heard of it as that. I had a go on that just before it came out in early access. It is in early access now. Um, that was really impressive, especially for something you know created by like a much smaller team uh, than than a Civ. But um, Humankind is is a big effort. It looks to be coming along very nicely. Uh, I like what they've done with. Um, making composite cultures uh, and the the way that, that cities work with the map is something quite new. I mean, there are so many other ways of doing a civilization building game other than civilization. Um, and I still actually, in, in fairness, even Humankind and Old World aren't deviating much from that standard. And that's fine, but I think it it just shows how much room there is to deviate from it. Uh, so these these first steps towards broadening out that mm. swathe of games are very welcome. Yeah, I hope it's as good as it looks. Uh, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to mention two things. One of them maybe more quickly than the other. I would really like to see more of Bloodlines Two. Because uh, we've seen we've seen a couple of sort of decent-ish chunks um, of of the game in action, but I I would like to see more, and I'd like to see maybe some different settings. Because uh, they they were a bit quiet for a while. They announced they were delaying it, which I was quite happy with. But um, you know, I'd rather it was good than quick. Uh, but then they released a trailer. Um, as part of the little Xboxy thing uh, that happened a, a couple of weeks back, and that was a really good trailer with the oh, great dancing, trailer. the really dark shame, really really good. Um, 
and it made Cullum, uh, Vidbud Cullum, said like he had no interest in the game before. But then after that trailer, he realised that it was kind of it had it wasn't like very serious business goths. It was had a kind of campy vampire element to it as well. Uh, I mm. thought it was a really good trailer, and so I want to see more of the game in action. Uh, and second, and this is <laughs> this is a vein a vein over my heart, but I want to see uh, some Dragon Age Four. Oh yeah, and, yeah, because they did a very small. So that'll be that would be uh, EA Play, which is on the twelfth of, um, of June. So it's only a couple of weeks away, and they did their E three trailer was the the vaguest teaser. So I just sort of left them open to if they need to start the game again from scratch. They can, <laughs> you know, and I am worried about Bioware, but yeah, I love Dragon Age. I am incredibly excited and hoping we about Baldur's Gate 3 and desperately want to see more of it. I have high hopes because uh, Larian are part of that Gorilla Collective mm. thing which seems to be like a lot of indie studios basically got together to do their own streaming thing. Um, so I'm hoping to sort of see more of that. I get the feeling that, you remember they showed it off at PAX a couple of months ago? Like the demo was the same demo we saw, but it kind of went yeah. quite wrong for them a lot. He kept dying and the dice rolls weren't really in his favour. And I don't think they got as far in it as they wanted to. You know, at the time they kept saying like, Ah, we had this great ending shown. So I feel like they they still feel like they've got like a, a killer demo in them. Yeah. Because um, what we saw was was I thought a lot better than what happened in that demo. Um, yeah. But I mean, the the problem was that what we saw was good, but it took like three hours. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it, admittedly, but I've uh, yeah, I've you know that is that for me is is like easily the the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. I I am so desperate for them to put it into early access so i can have a go on it myself um yeah. you know it, it felt like it was quite close to early access when we saw it back in february i don't get how a game like Baldur's gate can be early access well it's it's because it's so like uh divinity original sin 2 because it, it's sort of split into parts and chapters and it's not one massive world, or we're led to believe it's not one massive world. It, you know, the first, I think the, what they'll put into open a, into early access is like the first part of the game, which is a fixed area. So it'll be all the quests that exist within that. And then you'll move, if, if it's like Divinity Original Sin 2, then you'll move into like, you're basically moving between islands in Original Sin 2. So, you know, that's how they kind of do it there. You can't return to older areas. Um, I imagine it I mean, won't have. Honestly, I, I would be I would be more keen to pick it up early if they just said they were releasing it as chapters. Because early access, to me, um, I, I play early access for sandboxy games mm. and things like that, where you're going to get, you know, where it's very very replayable. Uh, something like you know RimWorld or something, where you're having lots of right. of short different games, but something with a plot. Like the the words yeah. early access just make me not want to touch it until it's they, fully complete because I won't want to come back and replay it. Th there is that, but then they also, you know, I think they more than others are known for Larian. That is, are known for 
redoing things quite massively. They take on a lot. They change a lot in early access. They give it to you, and then what you actually get in the final game is substantially different. You know, even people who spend a considerable amount of time playing Divinity Original Sin 2 in early access, when the final game comes out, there are characters that weren't there. There's entire new dialogue, storyline. There's it, it, it's... Yeah, but that's that's the problem I'm talking about, because then I've got to find time in my life oh, to, to play to do this it massive game twice. Yeah, just to be like a new character. Yeah, admittedly, it's 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 not for everyone, you know. And there are some people who are like because Larian have now got into this habit of doing like the definitive version, like a year later. There are some people who are like, "Oh, I'll hold out for that." And it's yeah. just about it's about self control, I guess. Um, yeah, I know I sound really negative. I'm not. No, I think no, it's mainly because right. I can't wait for it. We get this on under the the videos we've done, like there's huge debate about whether to play it in early access and whether it actually suits it and but i just i just liked what i saw so much i just want i you know i just want to play it it's the thing i'm most excited for you know it's the game i i want to be playing right now so i'll play it in whatever weird form it's in <laughs> it does it did it looked really great like it the yeah the dice rolls and like all the different ways so the the demo we saw he was playing as a sort of not a vampire but like a vampire thrall almost who did also drink blood and you could roll to drink the blood of the uh the companion who you had with you but you had to roll to like successfully bite her and then roll to successfully stop as well so it's possible that she could see you or wake up, or like she'll find out in the future that you've been doing that, all this kind of stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's quite funny, because the morning after you drank her, she's like, she kind of, you know, confronts the group, and like, oh, I'm feeling terrible, like something awful, you know, I feel like I've, you know, something really bad happened to me in the night, and you have to basically then roll to kind of pull off the fib to the group that you weren't having a little nighttime drink, um, <laughs> which I quite like the idea of this sort of vampire, and they, they, they talk a lot about like these lies building up through the game and all this sort of tension that kind of, you know, the longer it goes on, the kind of worse the consequences if if, if people do find out and the kind yeah. of what that does to the party. Oh, God, I really want to play that game. Yeah, uh, it sounds really, really good. Uh, Nate, is, is there anything else that you're excited to see more of or would like to see revealed or announced? Yeah, um... In, in terms of stuff that t- to be revealed only, uh, yeah, or that you want to see see more something that's been announced but we haven't seen much of yet. So, well, we know it's we know it's coming, but it's not been officially announced. Although Creative Assembly have talked about it, so it's, it's definitely a thing. Uh, Total War Warhammer Three. Um, I've just been feasting on the probably the last DLC for. TWW2, um, and that'll be a good one. Uh, but the real, because uh, it's going to have ogres in it, uh, it will definitely have ogres in it, and that's great. Uh, so much time for ogres. And then the real biggie for me, and I, in my heart, I know it won't be this year, but a man can hope. Dwarf Fortress, I will oh, see yeah. it. All singing, all dancing, Steam release. Um, and a man who has worked harder, well, sorry, I should say two men who've worked harder on a game um, than, than I can conceive of uh, for an extremely long time will hopefully make a lot of well-deserved money um, from a beautiful product. 
um, with the help of Kit Fox. I think it's a lovely, it's just such a, it is Kit Fox, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, do you think they'll show some of the new, so Dwarf Fortress, if you don't know, is an extremely complicated simulation of a, running a colony of dwarfs living in the mountains, but it's all, it's all in ASCII. Or it all has been. Yeah. Because um, now it's, yeah, um, it, it's, it's got graphics. I've seen them. Uh, there was a windmill. It looked all right. I mean, it's tricky because they're having to sort of mix up stuff that's top down and stuff that's isometric. Um, again, like they are doing an incredible job, or it looks like from the outside. Of, of doing an impossible conversion there. I dread to think the technical challenges they're encountering. But it's strange. You know, one of, like, the fact that Dwarf Fortress is in pseudo ASCII is the defining thing about it to so many people. Mm. Uh, and I, I can't really get wrap my head around what it will be like without that. It's so bound up in the identity <laughs> of the game. There's such a sense of comfort for me in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe just part of this is a bit of elitism because it's one of the few games that I've honestly mastered in my it's life. It's like a secret language. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I, I, trying I, to. It's, it's like trying to read shorthand. I figured out once I probably could have learned a language in the time it took me to completely get all of Dwarf Fortress into my muscle memory. And yeah, I don't want to have to regret that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh no. Well, if if you're listening to this and you want to learn more about Dwarf Fortress, then uh, if you look on www.rockpapershotgun.com and Google the basement of curiosity, then you can learn all about Nate's adventures in Dwarf Fortress. You can learn about the bird hole, and Id the Snake Buster. And he sure does bust snakes. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, and the War Mayor. Oh, and I made those plasticine models. I'm starting the basement again. I'm really, I'm desperately trying to carve time out of my schedule next week to make it happen. Now, We've been talking for a very long time now, so we should probably go to the the readers' responses to the big question or the listeners' responses. So we did ask, "What is your most anticipated PC game this year?" and your most anticipated PC game reveal coming over the next few weeks. Um, but luckily, we didn't get loads of responses. So, <laughs> server at home said, "Microsoft Flight Simulator." Oh, yeah. It's going to be the best game of 2020. Also, I have high hopes for Yakuza 7. I wish there was a game called Microsoft Fight Simulator. There might be. That's Yakuza 7. It's not. It's not (laughs) by Microsoft, but... Uh, Dan Nelson has also said Microsoft Flight Simulator. It does look good. I'm not a a flight sim guy myself. Like, I've I've never really matched... You've been in, been into that thing, but man alive, if there's a thing to make you a convert, it's the footage from... That game, like, it's just insane. Like, you can fly over Portsmouth and it looks like Portsmouth. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the dream. Uh, The dream flying over Portsmouth. Yeah. It used to, it doesn't like use earth, you know, photography from 
internet. Do you, have to, like, do you have to watch out for the Spinnaker Tower and everything? Like, don't oh, go yeah, all know. of it. It's there. It's all been like photographed and like created 100%. It's an entire, it's a perfect replica of the world as it is. I'm just too mentally feeble to accept entertainment from any, any simulation of reality. Like yeah. I'd want there to be like goblins on the plane or like, you know, a god trying to swat you out the sky. Like, it's well, just... mods beckon. Yeah, I don't do go. mods. Don't do mods. Don't do. Never, don't go near him. Never touch him. Oh yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit too cyberpunk, isn't it? Mods. It is genuinely too cyberpunk for me. I never use mods. <laughs> uh, at Koshiaka says cyberpunk for sure. There you go. Uh, Noob Fryer says Crisis Remaster for both. And... I've never actually played Crisis One. All I, all I've seen is that pit, because I never had a PC that was capable of playing it when it was relevant. Um, but I love those. There's a screenshot of you holding like a, a soldier, and he's looking at you like, "Oh God!" Because he's right up in your face. You can just pick people up and like hoof them about. I think. And I, I remember seeing those screenshots in magazines, and going, "Oh yeah, I want to hoof a soldier about." But that's, that's the one where you play as a sort of a futuristic brute, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. But I, 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 I'll give it. A, I'll, I'm looking forward to finally giving it a go. I guess we've got. Uh, finally, we've got F, FBP who says GTR three for both questions. Which was what? Grand Turtle Rebellion. Can't wait for that. Those turtles have been oppressed so long. Oh, the racing game! What an idiot! TTR three. I'm not. I'm not a racer. I don't like. Oh, but they're, again, they're too real for me. That's again. I'm so, that's such a girl. I don't. I don't like cars. I <laughs> know. Oh, I, I don't like cars or sports. I have no kinship with motor vehicles. I like arcadey racing games. I like Forza Horizon and dumb. Oh. I like dumb dumb car games where you can drive over hills and jump off cliffs and stuff. But you know, fair enough. Well. <laughs> That's all the responses we got this week. But thank I'm so you sorry, Lee. We, we just roundly dismissed the entire concept of racing games. No, no, no. I'm sh- like, some people will love it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's the thing, you know, there's loads of games for everyone. And that's nice, you know. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everyone who, who responded. Uh, I think that's about all we've got time for. It leaves us only to recommend something that isn't a video game this week. Fellas, have you prepared your non-game recommendations? I've got a recommendation for you. Matthew, what are you recommending? I'm recommending a book that I'm currently reading. It is a Chinese crime novel called The Borrowed by Chan Ho Ki, uh, H-O-K-E-I-K, okay. Uh, And it's... So far, it appears to be sort of, they're almost like short stories and they're going back in time. So it starts in present day and it's working back. It seems to be tied into the kind of the modern history of Hong Kong. Um, But in each case, this detective is solving different murders at different points of his career. And I imagine there'll be some big overarching thing. Um, But it seems quite good at the moment. Mm. Although it does open with a, a, with the detective in a coma solving a murder mystery from within <laughs> his coma, which is a bit of a hard sell, um, I must admit. Uh, but it actually seems to be getting smarter as it goes on. That's intense. 
Excellent. Uh, Nate, do you have a recommendation? I do. Um, I promise I won't do this often, um, but uh, I'd be a fool not to. I'm also recommending a book uh, because I have a new one coming out that I've written. Uh, If you don't know when I'm not doing RPS, I write books. Um, This one is being published with Harper Voyager, and it is called Notes from Small Planets. Uh, It's out in September, um, and it's a fictional travel guide uh, to a load of worlds that I've invented, and each one is, uh, to one extent or another, an incredibly heavy-handed satire uh, of a a sub-genre in science fiction and fantasy. Um, So it's like a a pirate one, a high fantasy one. is there one a cyberpunk one? There is, yeah. There's one hey! where there's multiple dystopii working on a timeshare system, um, and yeah, there's uh, yeah. It's it's it's. I really really enjoyed writing it. They've done a beautiful job illustrating it, and there's there's maps and everything, and it's like a proper lonely planet with like you know what to eat and you know uh, what currency to use and useful phrases and things like that. So oh, I've I've gone absolutely all out on on making these fictional places it was yeah great fun so please have a look at that uh can you please disclose your relationship with the author it's me what (laughs) (laughs) the call Um, was coming from inside the house and they were roommates uh i i also need to tell you that i am chan hokey who wrote the borough (laughs) i knew it (laughs) i am not i am not (laughs) I wish I was. <laughs> uh, I am going to recommend uh, making your own pizza because it's really easy to make like a pretty decent pizza base. You just need basic, basically, you just need flour, milk, and some olive oil. I think I'll link to a recipe, and then you mix it together, and then you just sort of hit it around uh, for long enough that it's it's stretchy the longer you can do it sort of the better and then you just roll it out into a into a flat shape doesn't have to be round they're lying to you and then you just put stuff on it it's brilliant what's your favorite uh pesto instead of red sauce uh spring onions cheese uh, and some kind of nut as well. I, basically, the thing I make bears very little resemblance to a pizza, but it's flat bread with stuff on it. So, what do you want? Oh, I'm really there happy. you go. She's aggressively telling you to make a pizza. Have a go. It's honestly really easy. I'll be sure to do that. Yeah, much. Prince do. Andrew had known he wouldn't have had to go to Pizza Express. Oh, there we go. Oh, no, we've all laid a rotten egg this podcast. (laughs) I don't think I have, but... Uh, Excellent. Well, thank you, especially after that, for listening. We really appreciate the effort. (laughs) Don't forget uh, that we are on Twitter, uh, at Rock Paper Shot. We are on Facebook, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun. We are on YouTube, www.youtube.com forward slash Rock Paper Shot. And we are now on uh, Teespring, where you can buy merch. 
can buy a lovely rock paper shotgun t-shirt in a very fetching purple and if you don't buy anything you should go and have a look for the descriptions which were written by nathaniel yeah i came up one of the designs as well didn't actually do the drawing but yeah. Uh, they asked me what Shagana shirt, and I said a massive gladiator with a telly for a head, battering three smaller gladiators with a load of computer mice. And uh, that's what they did. It's great. Uh, so <laughs> This is how all fashion houses design their next uh, series. They email yes. me. <laughs> so, uh, so go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Rob Hipshot. Rip shotgun. Uh, and of course, for all your PC gaming needs, go to www.rockpipershotgun.com. My name is Alice Bell. This has been the Electronic Wireless Show episode ooh, 96, I think. 96. Blimey. So thank you very much for listening. Say goodbye, Matthew Castle. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Nick Crowley. I love you and I miss you. Bye. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that that's was... just a personal message for everyone out there. Oh, that's very nice. Very lovely. Uh, and I was saying goodbye to you. Bye. Bye. These are Graham's problems. I might have bollocksed it.